cross the street. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the street was bad. Cross the Streams Podcast, Season 2, Wrap-Up Episode. Kane's joining me, Kip and Kane I own. This is the 60th episode, Kane, if you can believe that we've actually found enough time in our lives and thankful for our wives for giving us enough time to do 60 episodes. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is <laughs> absolutely. When you told me that, I, it was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Time fly. I mean, the old cliche of, of time flies and blah blah blah. It's it's true. Absolutely, it's is true. Why, man? I, I still I was talking to my wife the other day about the fact that this is my second season at UW, and we're halfway through the second season already. Yeah, I've been in Seattle for over a year and a half, almost two years now, and it is it's amazing to me how fast time goes. But uh, sixty episodes that is definitely an accomplishment. Especially considering the life changes that we've yes. all gone through and, and just how life is going and, and just the amidst all of this, somehow we've cranked out 60 episodes. So it's insane, man. Uh, hey, kudos to you, my friend. Kudos to you. We want to thank uh, all 3,002 as of today. People that have listened in, which is great, and maybe 17 of those are our mom, Rhonda, but we don't give a damn. Um, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but what we're doing today is really trying to recap season two, which was 13 episodes, if you count this one, three more than we did last year in season one. But we also kind of branched out. You know, I kind of feel like we're almost um, an underground label, if that makes sense, because we've got our standard... We bring on a guest, talk about their cross the screen moment in life, and then reacts. But we've also branched out into our hometown heroes segment, which has been highlighting. There's four of those highlighting former athletes of acclaim in Billings, Montana, our hometown from the different high schools. Uh, we've branched out into the listen up segments with our high school friend David Gunn in Atlanta, Georgia, just talking about every other pod on the air that's worth a listen. We branched out that into Netflix. We have our useless full information segment with Coach Jack Martino, where we're previewing uh, different sections and parts of the of uh, pr pretty much professional football with him in our roundabout, kind of like sitting around the bar and somebody brings up a topic and three hours later you really I, haven't addressed I it. What, I have not been able to get after you two <laughs> recording some of your... Yeah, I, I really enjoy him. Like, I don't know if another, everyone else is listening. I think, like you said, you mentioned the 3,002 followers. Yep. Uh, shout out to all however many of you that are, are listening to us. Um, but I freaking love those. And I crack up in my car, in my <laughs> uh, commute every morning or on the late night drive home, whatever whatever it is that I get a chance to listen to, I crack up. But there's also moments where I want to just call in. I wish it was a call in radio show and be like, what? Are you too serious right now? Exactly. What was your most recent? Because we got some call-ins on the baseball, on the hand yeah. signals. Like, you clowns, here's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, the, the baseball one was hilarious to me. Because I'm right there with you guys as far as I know very little about me. I used to be a huge – not used to be. I still enjoy baseball. I loved yeah. playing baseball growing up. Um, 
really dive into all the intricacies of, of baseball. Yeah. Um, but I loved listening to you guys talk about freaking who knows who, the names that you're throwing out, blah, blah. I mean, it was classic Do you stuff. still claim the Mets is my question because you were a no, huge no, Derek, no. Daryl Strawberry guy. That's, that's the only reason why I was a Mets fan was Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> I love Daryl Strawberry. And uh, Howard Johnson, you remember Daryl Yes. Howard Johnson. Yes. Um, Mookie. Mookie. Mookie Keith Mookie Hernandez. Wilson. Gary Carter. Yeah, man. They, they, we had a squad back in the day. But once they traded Daryl Strawberry, I was, I was no longer. I went to the Dodgers when Strawberry went to the yep. Dodgers. Yep. And Strawberry and Eric Davis, Piazza, that whole crew. Um, I, I can't believe you brought up Raul Mondesi. Hey, that I t- name, yes. I was like, oh my God, that that brings me back to when I was a baseball fan. When I actually followed baseball, you played the uh, RBI baseball yes. on Nintendo, um, and you knew all the players. Like every All Star game, you knew who was mm-hmm. going to be in those All Star games. Ozzy Smith was going to be at the National League shortstop. Cal yep. Ripken was going to be the American League either third baseman or shortstop. Yep. You knew all these names. Like, everybody, every team in the in MLB, you knew of a star. Tim Raines from the Montreal Expos. You knew. See, you said Montreal Expos, and I'm already missing the fact that there used to be a team called the Expos. Yeah, the Montreal Expos used to be a squad. They had some of the funny, the best uniforms. Yes. Uh, but anyway, Mike Schmidt from the field, I mean, the list goes on of players from every team. Like, you knew a player from every team. Nowadays, I don't know, but maybe <laughs> three, four major stars. Right. You know, the Yankees, I feel like the Yankees have all the stars on their team anyway. Yes. Right? Between the Yankees and the Dodgers and the NL, you've got every star right there in those two teams. And so it's like, God, man, I, I, I miss those days of knowing at least one or two stars on every baseball team. I wish I could get back into it. And I think baseball a little bit, number one, for everybody out there, you played it a lot longer than I did. One of my favorite memories of all time is following your Heights American All-Star team to Bozeman for that (laughs) tournament, right? And it was like liver, do or die games in Bozeman for, what is that, fifth grade for you? Sixth grade for you? I mean, it was, that was so much fun. Uh, Nate Wilson was on your team. Remember Nate Wilson? Shout out oh, to yeah. Nate Wilson out there, whoever he is, yeah. another Billings yeah. legend. Um, yeah. oh, we had a squad, or we thought we had a squad. That was the funniest thing about that. <laughs> every team, every all-star team across the country, when they get going, yeah. thinks that they're going to make the Little League World Series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember specifically our coaches, Dave and Bill Crooks. Another shout out to the Billings. Yes, Billings Skyview. Got- And then and you then guys would run into Belgrade and the dream would end. <laughs> the dream would end because we'd run into freaking Bozeman National. <laughs> I can't remember specifically, but they were better than us, bottom line. Yes. Um, hey, a sidebar on that. That tournament, because Dad couldn't come. I don't remember why Dad couldn't come. So I was with your mother the yep. entire time driving around Bozeman because you were hanging out with the team and I was yep. just bought the tape, the album from H-Town. And H-Town, Fever for the Flavor, man. Yes, Fever for the yeah, Flavor. And Kip thought it was awesome to drive around Bozeman with his mother 
I don't know if anybody knows H-Town. H-Town ain't singing about stuff. You should be sitting next to your mom while they're singing. But I did that for three days with your ass. <laughs> Playing in Bozeman. Going to your games. Yes. That whole album is amazing. Can't fade the H. Shout out RIP to Dino. I think Dino passed away. I played that cassette, that cassette so much that it literally it, it crapped out. Like, <laughs> I, had, I bought the CD about four or five years ago. I found it in some freaking huge CD shop. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, and, and they're wearing those denim plaid shirts on, not oh, buttoned man. up. <laughs> Dino, G.I., and Shazam. I know their names. That's all we got. <laughs> that's all we got. <laughs> sidebar, another sidebar. There's nothing worse than when Alexa doesn't know what you want her to know. And you're like, Alexa, I need XYZ. And she goes, I'm sorry. And I just, I let her have it. Like, I'm a terrible, teach, terrible teacher to Alexa. Alexa, you're so stupid. You got to know this. Oh, you have zero patience for Alexa. I have zero patience for her. Like, what are you That's how we, we were talking about bringing it back uh, the the branch of our podcast label now useless full yeah. information. Obviously, we need to add you to the NBA preview coming up later on. Yeah, um, am I forgetting anything else that we started this season? We've got our tw- thirteen regular episodes. We've got our yeah. listen up five episodes with David Gunn on podcasts around the country. We've got four hometown hero segments, two Skyview Falcons, a Central Ram, yeah. and a Billings West Golden Bear. If anybody's yeah. got senior high recommendations, we heard the name yeah. Eli Workman got thrown at us. Uh, Chaz Ackerman name got thrown at us, so we got to dive into that for season two. Uh, we've yeah. got four useless full informations with Coach Martino. Some of those in our envision of what Kane and I got going, because Kane right now is in a car driving from Husky Stadium to home before they leave to come down here to Oregon to battle the Ducks this weekend. My season yeah. starts on Monday, so we got to take a, not a hiatus, but we do have to wrap up season two with this episode. Doesn't mean we won't get some of those smaller projects still out, dishing on the drives, uh, useless for yep. informations, but we won't have full episodes until a little bit later, probably early 2019, but we got some ideas to talk about about what those are going to look like as well. Yeah, man, and if we can ever track down my missing friends, uh, <laughs> my guy, Rennie, who, who shout out for Rennie. Yep, on Jeff Renevere, episode seven from this first, year. Yep. One of our first guests, or uh, interview-wise, uh, realtor back in Bozeman. Uh, by the way, get online. I'll send a link to you. Get online and uh, vote for my guy, Randy, for Realtor of the Year Huge. in the Bozeman area. Yeah, Huge. Yeah, that'd be big time. That'd be big time. If so, he wins um, it, he can't forget the little people like us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so all you 3,000 listeners, find this link that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might be able to put this out there for everybody to vote. That's huge, get yep. Clicks so we can get him Realtor of the Year in Bozeman. He's doing a hell of a job selling my house as is. So, there you go. That's uh-oh. that's big. But, yeah, but if we could track down him and my other friend who we keep talking about but we haven't heard from him Old yet. Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> Old Dustin. 
Until we get him on here, he's going to remain Dustin. Uh, most of him, most of us know him as Voy, but he's going to remain Dustin until we get him on here and we start talking fatherhood, from idiots to fatherhood. We're, we're going to get that segment put together. I, I keep saying it, but it's going to happen. Slowly but surely, we're going to get that thing uh, put on the air. So. Absolutely. And I think, what, you know, in reflecting on these, Kane, you know, going back, thinking about your... Maybe favorites the wrong word because I think you and I have talked a lot about we don't do this and then grade the the performance of an episode based on the number of listens. You know, like oh that one sucked. Tell him he's never invited back because he only got a hundred. You know, or whatever. But there's been a, I think this one you and I were talking before we got on. We had a chance to just connect. We started season one, you and me connecting. Season yeah. two was us branching out, and we basically got like four or five artists under us now because David's yeah. got his own followership. Every time we put David Gunn, Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia on, we're going through the roof in ratings. Coach Martino we've already talked about. Uh, you yeah. mentioned a bunch of people we were connected. The Hometown Heroes thing, I think, is probably where I would go yeah. to. Like, How much fun yeah, was man. that? Talking to so Mike Hader. Uh, yeah, man, that was awesome. Um, I, I, I was just going to say... We can't forget our guy B. Egg. Oh, that's true. Crack the egg. We got to get him back on sooner rather than later because you want to drive controversy. We bring the egg on. I was just, you were talking about our guy David Gunn and and the podcast Guru, and it just reminded me of our our guest Brandon Egger, Crack the Egg, and just some of his comments that he threw out that really infuriated (laughs) David Gunn. Yes. I just I think there's probably other people out there that are listening to the podcast that probably feel the same way, but dang it, you're listening, yep. and you're listening because Eggert's on there saying some wildest stuff. Yes. So, gotta give a shout out to our guy B. Egg. I have to go, I gotta say one thing, just purely in stats, because we're still competitive, we still fly our Skyview Falcon flags, despite the fact we're on the West Coast with Bearcats and Huskies. Parker Aldrich, shout out to the Central High School crew in Billings, all of the alumni and current people, because that Hometown Heroes segment went through the roof and went through the roof quickly and listens. And I got to say, Skyview folks, J.P. Williams, class of 93, Betsy Morrison, class of 97, they were great interviews, great podcasts, but we're trailing and listens to Parker Aldrich and the Central Rams. That pisses me off. We can't lose on the scoreboard. Come on, Skyview people. Find find your cross the streams on on your whatever you're listening to the podcast to. I know you're listening to the podcast. People can't deny anymore they listen to podcasts. Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. What do you mean you don't have time? You're in traffic. You're sitting in your car. You're driving to the grocery store. You don't want to listen to the radio. You've heard that Post Malone song seven times, (laughs) and you still don't know who he is. Exactly, and, and those of you that are around our age, you're not listening to music anymore. <laughs> like us, you're at that point in life where music is meaningless in certain situations. You still get a kick out of the, uh, uh, you know, a good party and, and some decent music from our era. And I hate being in that that point in my life. I don't hate it. I, I just I'm accepting it now. Yeah, I'm at that point in my life where I am only listening to songs. And music from my heroes yep. that I grew up listening to, enjoyed listening. I can't do the new stuff. Nope. You mentioned Post Malone or Malone. Post Melon. Post Melon. I don't care. Post Malone. I don't care. The dude. I had this 
on my Alexa deal. Alexa pops up again on this thing, but uh, I was like, hey, you got, it's, it's your day, Alexa day, your Alexa day, give me what you got. And th- this guy whose turn it was said, all right, Post Malone, Alexa, play Post Malone. And we went through a freaking 45 minutes of Post Malone, and I wanted to freaking punch myself. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, in Post Malone's defense, he's not having lunch with Donald Trump today like Kanye West, but that might be for a later episode. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned something that is really cool for us doing the pod and, you know, go looking forward. We'll get into all of our new ideas. But you mentioned like it's damn near therapeutic to get on here because, yeah. you know, it, I think all of us are always like, oh, I need some time with my friends. I need some time with the family. I need some time with the wife. I need time, I need time, I need time. And I find myself now like, God damn it, Kane, clear your schedule so we can get on the pod or I call Martino or I get a hold of David. And I'm tr- I'm like, I feel at a loss when I don't have a pod scheduled for the week. So I think I, we're I'm officially addicted. I, I'm with you 100% on that. Like that I, my next investment is a freaking studio in yeah. my own home. And I don't <laughs> joke about not having a studio and whatnot. Right. That's, I'm serious about getting just the best podcast equipment I can find Yep. and somehow making uh, a room in my house, wherever that house is going to be, and it's going to be my podcast room. I love it. Some people may have an office, some people may have whatever that they get escape to, their own man cave. Yeah. Well, damn it, my man cave is going to have a podcast. A soundboard. A yep. soundboard. And uh, like I said, it's therapeutic for me to talk about certain issues, certain things that are going around in the country or sports, uh, whatever it may be, or just like these interviews and catching up with friends, man, it's been awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing on the track we're on and just adding to it Yep. with each and every episode. Yep. And I think what, what Kane and I have talked about some things for you guys to look forward to season three, early 2019 across the streams. We're going to partner up with our cousin, Kira Yawane, who you heard earlier on Cross the Streams, we had her on our own episode. I think it was season, it was this season, episode eight. Uh, our cousin Kira Yawane is a singer-songwriter. She's got her own SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com backslash K-E-R-A-I-O-A-N-E. And she's agreed to do some music for us for the podcast to get, you know, beginning, middle, and end, add some rhythm and some flavor to our podcast. Uh, also want to release some of her tracks at the end of certain pods that we do, uh, just partnering up with another creative in the family. We also have dove into our listening stats, and Kane and I were just talking about this. We do know who our top listeners just purely and how many times have they hit cross the streams, listen, and we got to bring those people on, Kane. Yeah, yeah, I, no question about it. We got to get, get them on, and, and um, we've got to reward our listeners. Yep. We've got to reward our listeners. Yep, and they come from diverse parts, and it's not Rhonda. I don't know, Mom. You're slacking. You're not in the top, so it's not going to be us talking to our mom. But it is. We do have some prime Tier 1 listeners that we want to reward them with some interviews. We definitely want to extend the Hometown Hero segment. We've got some ideas about Kane's alma mater, Montana State, uh, during his time. The guys he played with you know, had a huge hand in just turning around the entire fortune of that program. And I think your catching up with the Cats segment will be huge for people, especially in the Bozeman area. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, again, it's just an excuse to catch up with some friends and some former teammates and 
uh, some bobcats that are doing some really, really good things out in the communities that, that wherever that may be uh, across the country, we got some guys doing some really awesome things, uh, and it's, it'll be fun for all of our listeners, especially, especially your, you bobcat fans out there, to really get an idea of where some of these cats are and, and what they're up to and uh, catch up on maybe some old stories from our, our college football days. And I think, you know, just a teaser name, I, I know he's listening and he's probably like, hey, idiots, I've been waiting on my phone for you to call me, our good friend Scott Turnquist, who checks both boxes, hometown heroes, Skyview High School, ultra-talented, super successful, and then went out and caught a lot of passes for you guys in the in the blue and gold. Yeah, man, he's one of the all-time great receivers in, in MSU history, and like you said, he's, he's the uh, Falcon, Billion Skyview Falcon, hometown hero. He, he, I'm anxious to get him on here because I really want to clarify one thing. I want to get something cleared up. Who was faster? I... Yeah, <laughs> I, I I will claim, and I'll put this out there, and there's anyone else, listeners out there that are, that are uh, tuning in that may have faced me at this time, uh, track and field back in the day, I'm not going to claim I was this amazing track and field athlete, but I am going to claim that I was the fastest 25 meter <laughs> sprinter in the state of Montana during our time. And Scotty was a really good track athlete. Uh, I used to beat him in 25 meters every single time. I, and I'm hearing uh, him right now laughing and I'm wanting to claim. <laughs> uh, and I can go back. I, I might have some video footage. I guarantee Rhonda might have had the VHS recorder at, at some point. Or I can dig up some old track tape or a picture maybe that, that uh, our mom took at a track meet or something. But I know there's, there's video evidence of me coming out of the blocks with the fastest start in, in Montana history <laughs> and um, eventually hitting the wall around the 75-meter mark. Were you like and, the pacer, like the rabbit for the 100-meter dash? Like, I'll, go ahead and then just peel off exactly, when they pass you. Exactly. I should have peeled off after 25 meters. Just call it a day. It I'm, I'm literally <laughs> the only person in track and field history that hit a wall in the 100 meters. Oh. <laughs> It looked like someone just jumped on my back out of nowhere <laughs> about the 75, 80-meter mark. Oh. It was unbelievable. The, you know, one thing I think we will continue during the little small hiatus while we get Season 3 kind of built, you know, all new sound for us. You know, we want to exp- expand this Samsung Meteor mic that we've been using. I think it's done wonders for us. But we want to expand yeah. our game on the production side of things, especially adding some music um, and some clips. But I think the Dishing on the Drive series has been one of my funnest, where sometimes it's been you by yourself, me by yourself. Sometimes we come on together, but it's about 20 to 30 minutes on a specific topic, and I think we've done six of those. And really, I, I really want to talk about our last one, because I know you have some carryover. The last one we released last week, Dishing on the Drive, Dialogue with the Other Side, uh, came out during the Dr. Ford, now Justice Kavanaugh hearings, and we, we dove into kind of our differing philosophies and approaches in that 30-minute edition episode in dialoguing with people with opposing views. You know, in this case, it was specifically towards politics, red and blue. But I know we both have followed up with that. Number one, we really enjoyed talking there. It was one of the few times we weren't arguing, but we had divergent opinions on something. Uh, But the follow-up to that, I want you to go first, because I had a pod that I wanted to talk about, but I know you really took a cross the stream moment and jumped over into a rabbit hole. I did, I did, and I don't necessarily know why. It, uh, it was, I just, I think it was just curiosity. 
Yeah. I think because of our conversation that we had and many conversations that I've I've tried to have, uh, and again, I'm just I want to know what other what others are seeing or what others are thinking in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And because for me, there's been so many moments throughout these past probably year and a half, two years, right? Yeah. And where I I have quit, I see something going on, or I read something, I see something on TV, I see someone saying something, or a speech, or, or whatever the, the scenario, and I myself come to certain conclusions based off what I just, just saw, right. right? Right, But then I go and I read these other things that people are coming these other conclusions that others are coming to. And it's led me at certain points to be just be banging my head against the wall going, am I freaking crazy? Like, what, how <laughs> am I coming up with this conclusion yeah. and you're coming up with that conclusion? Where is, how in the hell does that happen? Yeah. And so I, <laughs> again, I, I just wanted to know. I wanted, I, I was curious to why others are coming up with certain conclusions versus my conclusions when it came to certain things, certain policies, certain um, events, yeah. all these different things. And so <laughs> I'm scrolling down Twitter in between breaking down film or in between watching practice clips, whatever it may be, and, I, and I'm glancing over at my Twitter, and I see a, a, a certain Twitter from a sports writer or a tweet from a sports writer and says, you need to look at this guy or read this guy's article. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I click on the article, and that one article led me down the rabbit hole. <laughs> all of a sudden, I am literally three hours later, I had listened and watched all sorts of YouTube clips on all these different uh, conservative thinkers or conservative intellectuals, whatever you want to call them, and uh, really big names on that side. Yeah. And, and just try to really get a grip or kind of get an understanding of where they're coming from. And it was, i tell you what, man, it was... It was I in, I don't know if enjoyed I enjoyed it, but it, it's kind of there's there's a little bit of like okay I kind of see I see some points like you can start to get a better feel for where the other side's coming from. Do you Similar feel like you like, valued the experience more than enjoyed it? Yes, that that's a great way to put it. Okay. That's a great way to put it. Um, and again, that's why I think we can we can have these conversations without getting so infuriated. I, that's why I want to have these conversations because if not, I feel like all I'm going to do is just be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just be, just wonder and wonder over and over again, why they're coming up with these conclusions when I'm seeing it in a completely opposite way. Do you feel like they're going, and, I, and you gave me some of the names, and for people out there yep. that are interested in, in kind of jumping in, the, the route Kane took to listen to the other side, Dave Rubin at Rubin Report. Well, first of all, you got stuck in the rabbit hole because you still got Jason Whitlock unmuted on your Twitter feed. But once again, you're a bigger person than me. You are a bigger person than me. <laughs> I, I, I've got Whitlock, Skip Bayless, yeah. all these dudes that just say things that... that potentially infuriate me but I want I can't I just I like hearing it so I can figure out ways to combat it I think it yeah. is part of my I think that's part of my motivation for having those other opposite opinions on my on my page you know, yeah it's Facebook Twitter whatever social media I'm, I'm looking at I enjoy seeing the other side just so again 
I know where they're coming from. I know their talking points. Yeah. I know what they're what, where they're gonna what they're trying to defend, or or where their their argument fails. Um, and, some of those other names: Dave Rubin, Coleman yeah, Hughes. Like, uh, Coleman Hughes, that's the guy that that's the initial article that I read. Okay, and he was. He, I went from his article um, into. It's like a YouTube clip, and then that YouTube clip led to, like, and anyone out there that's done this, I'm sure yeah. you've done the same thing. <laughs> the algorithm. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden on the right side, you've got freaking everything that you may ever want to look at concerning that, that made that issue that you're, you're researching. There is an algorithm out there that basically predicted, and this is scary to think about. Yeah. Hey, this, yeah. this Samoan from Montana who has liberal views, just clicked through his Twitter to Whitlock, to Ruben, to Hughes. I think we should put Candace Owens, Larry Elder, and Thomas Sowell on the right side. He'll click there, too. And then you did. And then you did. And I did. I did. I did. I, and I listened to Candace Owens. Um, David Gunn, our podcast guru, had yep. mentioned uh, the Joe Rogan show. And a lot of my friends listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, He's got a podcast. He, he does a really good job, I think, of doing the same thing that I did right there, where he just wants to know certain things, and so he brings on guests and talks to them and, and yeah. feel for it. So I listened to him and Candace Owens, uh, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> so okay, that's what. Let me press you on that one. Do you yep. think that by listening to the other side, you were able? Do you think they moved you at all, or did it just? validate your beliefs in why they're wrong? Uh, I think there's a little bit of both. Okay. That there, it's, and it's dependent upon who it was. There were certain guys that you listen to and you're going, okay, yeah, this guy's got his facts, uh, his argument very factual-based, but there's a you can start to poke holes into it because it is so factual-based. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's, there's certain guys that are too factual-based. Like, certain topics, in my opinion, it's not about facts. Yeah. Like, you can throw all the facts you want, but when it's all said and done, be a human being here. Right, right. You know what I mean? So you're not going to get me to switch my viewpoint because I'm too idealistic and too much of a human being to go with what you're trying to persuade me to go with just based on the facts. Yeah. If that, you know, if you can apply that to certain topics, you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's other people that uh, Candace Owens, for example, listen to her. She is she is very intelligent. I'm not going to take that away from her. She is very intelligent. She has her she has her talking points down. Like she knows the certain things, certain strong points that she has that she's going to. If you ask her on this, she's going to rip off a basically a prepared statement for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So but is that does that make her intelligent or well versed? I think well versed is a very is a good term to make. I think she can be. That's the problem with her. I think she's intelligent, but she now she is so well versed, or trying to be so well versed to impress and yeah. to maintain this uh, persona that she's put out there. Yeah, that it comes off as fake. Gotcha. And, and it's it's so and it's so funny because that's what she is angry about with liberals or with Obama in particular. She always talks about Obama being fake and not genuine. And 
you listen to her and she's the exact she is exactly what she's mad about right oh like she, okay another thing that she's always she's talking about she's tired of uh this outrage uh, society like people are, are just they get outraged over everything and uh they, they always want to tr- try to play the victim and then the very next sentence she's talking about how she's a vic- been a victim of this she's been a victim of, of liberal hate she's all about this her her spiel of uh, she's tired of the culture of outrage and, and uh, people claiming victimhood and claiming to be victims. And then her very next sentence is talking about how she's outraged over the fact that the NFL players are protesting um, or she's a victim of liberal hate and being trashed by the liberal media. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of conflicting. Like, okay, what I'm confused by where you stand on, on this. Like, Do you, you think you, you were... Go ahead. And then another one that, that really was like, okay, wait a minute. She was upset and, again, outraged by Chelsea Handler calling her out. And I guess that Chelsea Handler said that she doesn't deserve her black card because of the things that she's saying on, on conservative okay. policies or whatever. Yeah. And she was outraged about that for Chelsea Handler saying she's not black enough or whatever. And but then the very next thing again, talking about the NFL protests, she's talking about how Colin Kaepernick's only half black anyway. Oh, he's half white. Yeah. So it's like you continuously are conflicting with your own arguments. So do you One think number. in your listening to all these various people, and once again, I am a firmly in the camp that doing the listening of the other side is what people should do. I just don't think I'm capable of it. Do you think you were listening to find the errors or were did you genuinely have, I don't want to say open mind because I know what your belief system is. So I feel like I would, if you were like, Kip, I'm going to make you do this. You're not leaving. I'm going to turn this on. You're going to listen for 30 minutes. I feel like I would then get out a piece of pen and paper and I would listen to the bullshit that I didn't agree with and start writing my arguments while they talked. So were you able to avoid that or was that happening a little bit in your own thoughts? How did that go? It was a little bit of both. I think it was, it was, there was a lot of it when I initially started into it, I was like, okay, I'm going to freaking be able to poke holes in every argument that they have. But as you listen to it, again, there's some strong talking points that they have. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I started to really actually try and listen to, all right, where are some commonalities? Yeah. Like where can we figure out again, how can we reach out? And not be so damn um, tribal. Divided. Yeah. And tribal. That's a great way to, to put it. And there were actually you can you can find some commonalities, and that's what's kind of upsetting or infuriating is that on both sides, uh, they're talking about similar things when you really try and listen. Uh-huh. Obviously, there's some talking points that are way right, way left, but there are some things like. Candace Owens, for example, uh, Larry Elder, uh, they both talked about prison reform, uh-huh. which is like, yeah, no, no shit. Let's, let's figure out a way to fix our justice system and fix our prison system and particularly talking about the black community. Yeah. And, and then, again, one of their talking points was the breakdown of the family structure. And it's like, okay, yeah, 
I, I can get on board with what you're trying to do as far as, far as fixing the family structure. But we don't have to go as far as saying the welfare state mm-hmm. is exactly what caused the breakdown of the family structure. Right. So there's some, you can still have and disagree with why the family structure is breaking down or, or whatever, but, or what's causing it. But let's just forget that argument and let's jump to fixing it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be right on what's wrong. But we can be work together to get where we want to get to. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like I, I'm tired of people pointing out things that are wrong. Yeah. But we all do that. Right. What's the action that's, step? That's, that's easy. Yeah. But what's the action step? How can we work together to get to where we want to get to? And that's where I didn't hear anything from anybody. Yeah. Like that's where I didn't. I I heard all these things about um them complaining about and why their side was better than than the other side but I didn't ever hear anything about solutions to where we should take this country or how we should get to where we need to get to yeah that to me was a problem uh, and you could attest that to, to to multiple intellectuals but um, but it was interesting man it yeah. really was I found myself like I said it was, went down the rabbit hole but I came right back out of it and still feel the way I do on a lot of topics there right. wasn't anything Thomas uh, Sowell, Sowell. Thomas Sowell, Sowell, I can't remember. Coleman Hughes. It's the Thomas Sowell guy, that guy is, he is extremely intelligent individual, almost to the point where it infuriates you because he kind of has that arrogant, that arrogant, I'm smarter than you yeah. type look. And um, But he had some, some thoughts and ideas where you're kind of like, okay, that's interesting. But... Again, there was some commonalities of things that he also felt that we could that were problems that needed to be fixed that I agree with 100. percent So I don't know, man. It, it was I enjoyed it for the value of it. Not yeah. necessarily. Uh, now all of a sudden, I'm I'm 100 percent one way or the other. Yeah. But uh, but it was it was interesting. I feel like I would, I think I would probably weaponize that more so than you tried to take in a holistic approach to where are the commonalities and then to the actions. Yep. I think just being who I am, I think I would listen to weaponize and pick holes in it because I think I would be trying my damnedest to avoid letting those discussions, not by any means do I think everything people say on the other side are 100% rooted in, in falsehoods. Uh, yeah. But I would try to avoid being gaslit in where they're challenging my, they're getting me to think, oh man, maybe my view of the world is insane. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, that's a hard, that's a delicate balance to walk when you're trying to open your mind to new knowledge and facts. And then yeah. you're trying to ascertain, I think, in that, what you went through, which one of these in my fit into, not fit into, but which one of these could feasibly coexist in where what I think and action mm-hmm. steps going forward. I mean, that's obviously the challenge that everyone faces. Yeah. I'm at the yeah. point now in my rotation of podcast listening because I've got, you know, you and I talked about, David and I talked about one my wife Kelly sent me, Red Brain, Blue Brain, which was put out by the Hidden Brain podcast. 
and they examined are your views if you're conservative or your views as a liberal rooted strictly in your upbringing so you could say kip and kane are blue because cass and ronda are blue or this team is red because their parents were red not because of their own individual choices and then um this podcast argued that there are biological wirings of your brain that contribute to that and make you tend to be more blue or more red in your life and it was an interesting listen once again i don't know if i buy all of it but after I listened to that, and then if I couple that with Gaslit Nation by Andrea Chalupa and Sarah Kindazor, or I listen to a Rappaport starting off talking about the latest thing Trump did, like I'm in the space where I have to go to Joe Budden in hip hop, or I have to go to Simmons in sports, because I just can't take the negativity building up and the fury building up in me anymore. Like I can't do it. So like I'm on like a rotate. So I don't know how I would react to your situation where you had, you know, you go three straight hours of not just the news of what the other side is doing, but the in, like their rationale for why what they're doing is correct. Like, I, I honestly don't know if I'm capable. I think I would end up going home and yelling at my kids for absolutely nothing because I was so furious with the dialogue. I mean, I've been, I have tried two days in a row. I've put my phone away at seven and tried to make it till 10 o'clock without getting on it and by that i mean my twitter scroll timeline that shows me what's happening politically in this country and i can i can i can watch lebron james clips all day and i'll be fine but if i read my the people i follow i'm basically gonna be wanting a pitchfork in a torch and i'm gonna need to be out in the streets you know, and I just don't think I can survive. The season's starting. I don't think I'm wired to survive that without you needing a new co-host. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's very easy to get so riled up in in today's atmosphere. And and believe me, don't I, I'm not gonna sit here and try and claim that I don't get riled up because I do. Right. Yeah. Try and get to an understanding of where they're coming from, why they're coming from that position. It's I still don't understand necessarily the why. Yeah. That's, I, all that digging, I still don't necessarily understand why exactly their point of view is so different from my point of view. Uh, despite all the, the facts that they're trying to throw out and, and things of that nature. Um, and I think that podcast that you pointed to the uh hidden red brain uh, blue brain yeah and it tried to help in that regard as well like okay certain experiences life experiences biology um where you were raised who you were raised by all these factors kind of play a part into why or how people see things differently than you and i yeah <laughs> I just, but I do. I want to get in a big circle of people and just freaking hash it out. I just want to talk constantly about this stuff. Like this. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because last week 
I was participated as a facilitator on campus yeah, in a masculinity, yeah, right. right? A masculinity that's discussion. Right. And it yep. was exactly that setup. It was exactly, it was yep. put on by students here at Willamette. Shout out to the convocation crew here at Willamette that set it up and invited a bunch of different sh- stakeholders from campus. I was one of the people from the athletic department. And we just had students, faculty, people that work at the, in the, in the, on campus in four big circles and talking about masculinity, toxic masculinity. And the, the issue comes up in those discussions. And I think providing the discussion was amazing. I think, yeah. you know, posting it and there was a great turnout. I mean, it was almost packed in there. It was a phenomenal turnout of people. And it was mixed gender. You know, it was mixed race. Um, yeah. It wasn't obviously as diverse as you would ever want, you know, utopian ideal to be. But it was, it was definitely diversity represented. And yeah. the problem in the circle is two to three voices dominate. And I think 35 to 36 voices in the circle were either internally raging because yep. they because they either didn't feel comfortable speaking or didn't feel the time was right. So it, it wasn't, yep. I don't want to claim it was a bad thing by any means. I'm proud to have been a part of it and I appreciate the people that did share. I just want, I think the makeup and that, maybe that's why there's rules in debates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because... Yeah. Some people can. Some people are really good at filibustering. Some people are really good at dominating the conversation. Like for myself, like I'm a voice tone guy. You know, you and I being coaches, my tone can raise sometimes not even purposely, and just by the tone raise that might cause three other people not to speak. And I'm sure that's you know maybe sometimes I do weaponize that to keep the floor, you know. But also sometimes it's inadvertent and that prevents another voice from being heard. So. I think I left there happy to have participated, but also want, like you said, wanting more opportunities and maybe a different structure to hear more voices. But also, like, I think we convolute those things. We lead off by saying it's a safe space. But I think you and I have talked about it. Sometimes your idea is terrible and it doesn't deserve to not be. It's not it should it should be have to put to the test with questions and um confrontations not physical by any means like i'm not i'm not advocating for violence physically for an idea share but if you come out and say murdering people's okay i should be able to say that's fucking terrible and question so like i think we're still trying to find the balance of that in all kinds of communities of how do we have these dialogues make them purposeful and like you mentioned we all leave there with a call to action I'm not sure we left the discussion with a call to action. We might have left it with that cathartic feel that I went to something important, that I, that I you know, I participated. But there wasn't. I know. I don't think there was a universal. Here's the next step. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that to me is, is what I get frustrated with, and I get frustrated with myself because what what am I doing to help? The net, you know, what am I doing that's besides voting? Yeah, that's really helping our country. Yeah, get better. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, obviously, within what we do as coaches and in the impacts that we can have, the positive impacts that we have on, on, on student athletes every day, that's that is a positive. Don't, don't get me wrong. Right. We're doing our part, but there's always that feeling of can I do more? Mm-hmm. And I wish that. Awesome, um, like you're saying, but there, I, I still feel like okay, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. What, what, like, I see some of these guys, these people that I watched on this YouTube yesterday, and I'm going, God, what? <laughs> as much as I don't like you, not necessarily I don't like you, but I, as much as I disagree with you, yeah. you are out there on camp. Like, some of these people are out there on campus. Like, Candace Owens, at least, I'll give her credit for that. And, I, again, I don't necessarily like giving her credit, but mm-hmm. I will give her credit to the fact that she is out there doing things to drive home her talking points, like drive home what she's trying to do, what she represents, yeah. or what uh, what Charlie Kirk represents, and, and uh, all these people that are out there actually potentially doing stuff. And mm-hmm. That part for me is, is like, okay, I, I disagree with you 100%. Not 100%, but I disagree with a lot of the things that you're saying, but at the same time, you are the one that's out there doing something, saying something, and right now I'm just talking to my brother on a podcast. Well, at least we you do know? have three thousand listens, so you're. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully three thousand listeners. Maybe we're we're helping them kind of maybe diving down the rabbit hole themselves one way or the other. Do you do you think like podcast talk is like fantasy football talk? And we've talked about it a little bit. Like, if I talk to somebody that doesn't do Orange Theory, I'm like the new CrossFit guy. Like, did you get on your base pace and then your push? And then I, like, only if it's another Orange Theory do they give a shit. Is podcast, like, I feel like my guys are like, Coach, if you tell me one more time that you heard this on this great podcast and I should listen, like, I think they're going to lose their minds. So, hey, check out minute 5220 of this podcast, and I text it to them. And, I, you know, yeah. you know, one or two of them, I think, are like, oh, yeah, cool. And other ones are like, God, what does Coach do with himself? If he's not, <laughs> what is he doing? Guys, I'm podding. I'm listening to podcasts. That's what I do. I, I, think, that, I think that's a good thing, though. I, I don't think that's a bad thing that we're trying to, again, I think we're trying to expand our own um, thoughts and ideas and, and just overall knowledge of this thing we call life. Yeah, no, I think you're right. In the best way that we possibly can and make ourselves the best possible form of ourselves. And in turn, if we're bringing other people along with us by pointing out, hey, I just listened to this great podcast, you should check it out too. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome, in, in fact. And I think that's part of our job when you talk about sharing with your players. Shoot, if we're not sharing our own experiences with our players, what are we doing? Right. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't make sense. And if, if we're just listening to podcasts and getting all this information but not sharing it with others, what's the point of that? Yep. Yep. You know, like I, I don't want to be the smart guy that's got all this knowledge that doesn't do anything. That's a great point. Or, or, or share that knowledge with other people. That, that would make life really lonely and not very fun. I do think and, our you know, generation of guys we're coaching to are more likely, and I'm not saying they're hanging on every word we say, but they're more likely to go to an audio link than they are, hey, man, you should read this book. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, man, yeah. I want to link you to a 35-page article that's awesome. And I do think if I go 52.30 to 61.20 is a great talk on this podcast, they might click that on their drive. Yeah, because they can do it on the drive. They can do it at any point as opposed to if they're sitting at home and you tell them, you give them a book to read. The likelihood of them ever reading that book, probably not very strong. Right. But for them, actually on their phone, in their hand right there, there's a video, YouTube clip, or a, uh, a podcast that they can listen to for 15 minutes. The likelihood of them doing that is a lot higher than them actually reading a book that you may have got them or bought 
bottom or whatever it may be. As sad as that is, that's just the reality. Yeah, it's just the nature. Yeah. Let's be real. Uh, if anybody gave me a book back in the day, I would have been like, yeah, thanks. And then now, 15 years down the road, now I'll be like, dang, man, that was a great book you gave me 15 years later. I, I just now read it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Right. You know what I mean? Big thanks for the forward. I appreciate what you wrote <laughs> exactly. on there. Right. Is that pretty key? So it turns out I didn't know everything at 18 years old. It's amazing, right? That's, you know, we had to keep growing. Uh, for yeah. a reminder for everybody, we've expanded our social media presence too. Uh, obviously, you can follow us on Twitter, Cross the Stream Podcast, but we also have a Facebook and an Instagram uh, page. Instagram is CTS Podcast. Uh, Facebook is Cross the Streams. Mainly on there, uh, we'll be releasing mo- on those two platforms. Is a lot of just the actual content that we'll send out. Twitter, uh, we're still running some stuff with some, you know, some commentary from ourselves and other guests as we watch in the sporting events, uh, political events that are happening. We've got a lot of commentary on there. Find us on SoundCloud. Find us on iTunes. Um, some interesting demographics that Kane and I have to break down based upon who's listening on which um, platform. Uh, but anything else before we wrap up our second season, episode 60? Uh, yeah, um, NBA season starting up. Got no predictions at this point. But I did watch a preseason NBA game. See? Yes. For the first time in a long time, and it's strictly due to the fact that LeBron James was playing against the Golden State Warriors. Yep. And he's wearing purple and gold, the Lakers. And uh, I think it's going to be a highly entertaining season. That's one prediction that I'll throw out there. I know it's a really bold prediction. Super bold. Super bold. I'm going out there with that one. I was about to say that I love it, except for the length. I love the design. I hate the length. The length is atrocious. I feel like that's a battle. We, you know, our, you know, people, you know, older people, older generations right now on our side of the aisle politically are like, oh man, I feel so bad for you guys. I feel like you're gonna have to fight the battles that we fought. And let me equate that in a really loosely way in terms of importance. But I feel like we fought that battle in our in the late early nineties, late nineties to get shorts yeah. to be long, and we yeah. completely lost the war because the tiny ones are back. Like I'm wearing today, Michael Jordan uh, sweat shorts that are the length you and I prefer, and my guys yeah. are looking at me like, Coach, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Those are exactly. six inches too long. What? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm rocking. I'm rocking right now, and I'm not ashamed to say this because apparently it's in style. But those the jogger deals that are tight around the, the calves and ankles and kind of that are made out of shorts. Things. Of course you are. Yep. Yeah. You know, I know what those would look like. But yeah, just you're exactly right as far as tightening this this style and trying to get the baggy shorts. I remember Skyview sophomore year uh, talking about Scott Turnquist again, but Turney can attest to this. You guys dealt with the short shorts for a long time, the white Skyview shorts oh. in particular, the home shorts. And when I got up there as a sophomore, you guys had left, and we were still rocking those same little, little, little 
shorts. Yep. And I had to just fight it, and I got the biggest pair of shorts I could possibly <laughs> get. And it was just, it was brutal, but now I would have been in style today if I was rocking oh, yeah. shorts that didn't get to the top of my knee, uh, and I'm rocking the thigh in the mid-calf sock that attorney uh, claims that I was rocking. It looked like mid-calf, but it was just because the shorts were so short. Oh, do you remember? I got two things on that. Socks. You remember when Dad brought home? You remember when Dad brought home Skyview track and field spandex, and we thought like, "Holy cow, our life has been saved," because we were going to wear those things that still only went mid thigh, but they were going to go under our tiny basketball shorts, and we were going to feel respected. Like nowadays, kids would be all over that; they would love it. They would absolutely oh, yeah. love it. Like, if you go back and look at what Arkansas was wearing with Corliss Williamson, Scotty Thurman, you look at yep. what Iverson was wearing with Georgetown, those, the yep. kids now are like, and they were, the kids, like, even in fashion, the stuff is tight. You know, it's small, it's, it's, it's slims down. I, I don't, is there a football equivalent? Is something, like, if you tell me loose sleeves are coming back in football, I will fight somebody. They have to have the pads over the knees, so yeah. they're forced into longer pants, and uh, it doesn't look nearly as cool as when guys used to be able to rock basically like thigh boards only. Right. And uh, it doesn't look nearly as cool with the long pants. I so. saw the Cowboys' Leighton Vander Esch from Boise State is bringing back a little version of the Cowboy Collar, and I thought that was a horrible development behind the neck. I know it's probably good safety-wise, but boy, that, why don't we just tuck it in? Under, why don't we tuck the front of our jerseys up like Nebraska used to do and rock our bellies while we're at it? Let's go full cage, full cage mask. Seriously, <sighs> no, the cowboy car, I used to outline, like my guys, I, I told them from the jump uh, in my linebacker room back in the day, I said, if you guys need a cowboy call, you can't play for me here. Uh, <laughs> Listen, we got a million, a multi-million dollar contract for gear and accessories. You're also playing a sport where you could potentially suffer a catastrophic injury. The least you could do on the battlefield is look sick. It's the least you could exactly. do. Exactly. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. Cross the streams, episode 60, closing down season two. When you hear from us again, I want everybody to enjoy our intro and outro music, our Ghostbuster swag, for one last time. Because when we come back, we're going to have bigger, better, improved stuff. So long to Egon and crossing the streams was bad.